Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable human centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. If you've ever had your parents over to your place for the holidays, you know it can be a bit stressful. Change the sheets, clean the floors, stock the fridge, cram all that clutter into the one closet you hope they won't open. But when my dad comes to town, there's one detail that cannot be forgotten. I put a martini glass in the freezer. How much do you love martinis, would you say? I love martinis. Let's see. First God, then you and Zach. That's me and my brother. And then Martini. His dog. She's named Martini. And Joel. His boyfriend. And then probably the sixth or seventh. (laughs) That's pretty high. (laughs) Martinis are an everyday drink in my dad's house. So I was especially excited to tell him his favorite drink was concocted in California, right here in the Bay Area. I'm Olivia Allen Price. This is Bay Curious. Today on the podcast, the origins of the martini. Support for Bay Curious comes from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Committed to brewing things the right way since 1980, because when you're a family-run brewery, there's no other way to do it. Sierra Nevada Brewing Company, still family-owned, operated, and argued over. And be sure to stay tuned through the end of the show so you can play our monthly trivia game for a chance to win some cool prizes. Hey there, it's Olivia Allen Price, host of Bay Curious, the podcast. KQED Podcasts wants to thank listeners like you, whose support makes this podcast possible. If you want to help us continue to make great content, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. And thanks. There's no denying the martini is iconic. Can I do something for you, Mr. Bond? Uh, Just a drink. A martini, shaken, not stirred. Of course, there's James Bond, and it even has its own emoji. But just exactly where the cocktail was invented, how it got its name, even what it's made of, that's where things get muddled. Here with our next installment of the Golden State Plate series is Bianca Taylor. All right, I'm going to make a martini cocktail the way we do here at Bull Valley Roadhouse. And, um... It's two parts of this Old Tom Gin, which is a sweeter gin. So I'll put two ounces of this gin in there. I'm with bar manager Tamir Ben Shalom at the Bowl Valley Roadhouse in this tiny East Bay town of Port Costa. And then we'll do exactly half of that. One ounce of our Torino Vermouth blend. What's the first cocktail you learned how to make? It was the martini. Really? It was the martini. Tamir makes a mean drink. But when I start asking him more and more questions about where the martini comes from, he tells me I really just need to get in my car and drive 20 minutes down to Martinez. 
I'm standing on the corner of Masonic and Alhambra Streets, and there's a plaque on a giant boulder in a parking lot, basically. And it says, birthplace of the martini. So not only does Martinez lay claim to the drink with a plaque, it throws an annual martini festival, and the drink's origin story is all over the city's official website. But Gabriel Close, a San Francisco bartender who collects and studies old cocktail recipes, he says there's actually a lot of controversy about where and who invented the martini. These origins are so murky, you know, a drink that's not like entered into the public record. According to the plaque, the Martina story goes like this. On this site in 1874, a bartender served up the first martini when a miner came into his saloon with a fistful of nuggets and asked for something special. He was served a Martinez special. After three or four drinks, however, the Z would get very much in the way. The drink consisted of two-thirds gin, one-third vermouth, a dash of orange bitters poured over crushed ice and served with an olive. But Gabriel tells me a really similar story. It also takes place in the 1870s, but this time it happens in San Francisco. It starts with a miner who comes into a bar at the Occidental Hotel with a sack of gold, and he wants to trade it in for a bottle of whiskey. So bartender Jerry Thomas gives him the whiskey and a special drink that he just made up off the cuff. He called it the Martinez. In 1887, the recipe for the Martinez was documented for the very first time in Jerry Thomas's Bartender's Guide. And his recipe looks a lot like the classic martini. And here we've got the old Tom gin and the vermouth. This is one part old Tom to two parts vermouth. Jennifer Calio is an award-winning bartender and a self-proclaimed cocktail nerd. I like the martini because I love, um, I love all the stories. And I love that there's this air of mystery to it. H.L. Mencken called the martini the only American invention as perfect as the sonnet. She loves martinis so much, she's made a spreadsheet that documents all of the martinis variations that she's found over the years. Yeah, it's like 469 entries. Some of the drinks are made with the exact same recipe, but they have different names. We've got the Chris Racket Club, the Dewey, the Dry Martini, the Marguerite, and the Nutting. All those are made with the same ingredients, one-to-one gin and dry vermouth with orange bitters. So which one is the right one? There is nothing empirical here. There are people writing other people's recipes. There are people naming drinks after themselves or after the bars they work in. This explains why it's so hard to nail down the difference between a Martinez and a martini, let alone figure out where it was invented. But regardless of what it was called, it's very obvious that a martini-style gin drink was really popular at the turn of the century. People always drank whatever they had around. And... You know, uh, when America was being settled, there was a lot of gin here. And that wasn't an accident. Gin's popularity can be traced back to prohibition. When the manufacturing and selling of alcohol became illegal in 1920, people got creative. Have you ever heard of bathtub gin? Well, that was literally people making gin in their bathtub. It was cheap and easy, and there was a lot of it. So when President Roosevelt repealed Prohibition 13 years later, there was plenty of gin around just waiting to be drunk. The decisive vote of the 36th state against Prohibition is happy news for the grain raisers of the United States and for many others throughout the land. Roosevelt uh, uh, cheers in the end of Prohibition with 
nothing but a martini. So that's a big deal right there. Prohibition really kind of gave the martini the leg up. I mean, it is just like this granddaddy of cocktails. And this granddaddy came from here, the San Francisco Bay Area. Well, it probably came from here. In 1983, the San Francisco Court of Historical Review, a group with no actual legal authority, they held a mock trial over the origin of the martini, and they determined that their city was the cocktail's rightful birthplace. But not to be outdone, a mock court in Martinez overturned that ruling shortly after. When I press Jennifer, Tamir, and Gabriel on where the martini was invented, no one is willing to say anything definitively. But finally, Jennifer gives it to me straight. So do you think it's important that people know where the martini came from? Oh, God, no. No. No one, no one needs to know any of this. I mean, if you're, if you're enjoying yourself at my bar, that's really all that I care about. That was KQED's Bianca Taylor. This story first ran on the California Report magazine, our partner in the Golden State Plate series. You can find more stories of recipes invented in California on their podcast this week. Find it by searching for the California Report magazine on your favorite podcasting app. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please consider giving Bay Curious a rating and a review. It takes just a few minutes and it's an easy way to help support the show. Bay Curious is made in San Francisco at KQED. I'm Olivia Allen Price. Hi, Bay Curious listeners. Are you ready to play May's trivia game? Every month, we read a question here at the end of our episode. You can give us your answers over at our website, kqed.org slash baycurious, or just click the link in the episode description. Out of the correct answers, we'll randomly choose one lucky winner to receive a cool prize package with Bay Curious swag and Sierra Nevada goodies. Okay, our question for the month is, the world's longest-running pillow fighting contest was held from 1966 to 2006 in what Bay Area town? Our trivia quiz is made possible by Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Good luck! Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest, and I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just... What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.